0: Good morning, Eastside family. We want to allow our children now ages 3 through 3rd grade to be making their way in that direction to junior worship. If you're new here and you have children in that age range, just follow the kids and parents that are going in that direction. As they're leaving, for junior worship I certainly want to remind you of a very important aspect of our worship to God and that is our our offerings that we bring faithfully to the Lord and we have provided four ways for you to worship God through your offering you can mail a check to our church address you can give an automatic draft through your bank no problem to do that you can go online to our website at eastsidesprings.com click on the link give and follow the easy instructions or if you're here in person you can drop off your offering there at the box on the table on your way out if you're not here in person to those of you that are with us live streaming it is our honor we are humbled and thankful to have you here you're just as much a part of our church family um, as those that are here and we just it just means a lot to us that that you took time to be with us today you know if there were a window into the heart of god There's no question if we were to open that window, we would see a special place for children. I mean, that window is scripture, right? A love that he has for children. And in that special place for children, we would also see a a special heart and a love and a place for what we might call at risk children, children whose homes are broken whose parents are absent, whose parents are broken. Children who have been hurt or children that are hurting. And so today we actually have an opportunity to open that window in a very practical way. Walter Williams is here as, as our guest speaker. And he's going to help us see what God's love and care and, and And compassion for such children looks like in very practical and very real ways. In a place just two hours north of us in Longmont, Colorado it's called the Mountain States Children's Home and I've asked Walter to come and speak to us this morning to help us see the heart of God more than anything and leave here just loving God even more but more than that to be inspired to live out the heart of God and caring for children as you see in the examples here at, 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 this, at this particular children's home, wanted Walter to speak just to, to make us aware that this, this ministry exists if you ever need such a ministry, and also to make us aware of, of ways that we can volunteer and serve and, and partner with this wonderful ministry. Walter and those who serve at Mountain State's children's home, as far as I'm concerned, they're heroes of faith on the front line. And so church, would you welcome this morning Walter Williams.
1: Well good morning Eastside family. I'm honored to be here this morning. I'm honored to be able to represent the healing of children in a facility that's just a couple of hours north of us. Isn't it good to be a Christian? It is great to have the example that Christ gives us on how to live how to love, how to forgive, how to hope, and how to know that we have a wonderful eternity that awaits every one of us this morning and the new little Christian that just joined the family this morning. Praise God for her decision. You know, anybody can become a Christian. Almost forgot my clicker, didn't I? Boy. This is our foundation. We are Christians. We're here because of the cross. We're here because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So that we would have the instruction, we would know how to live, but ultimately that we would have everlasting life through him. And that's our prayer for all the children that come to see us or come to stay with us at Mountain State's Children's Home. You know, anybody can become a Christian. It does not matter what your past was like. It doesn't matter what sins that you've committed in your lifetime. It just doesn't matter. Once you find Christ, those sins are nailed to the cross and that is a blessing that's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful way to go through life and i'm thrilled to be here to talk about how we're bringing children to this cross and teaching them that no matter what's happened to them in their lifetime they can still have salvation through christ i'd like to begin by describing lydia in the bible we we hear about lydia from paul's teachings when he was in uh, I forget Ephesus. <laughs> anyway, he he did a lot of traveling. But she, a uh, lady was from uh, Thyatira. She was a seller of purple goods. And uh, a seller of purple goods meant a lot back then. That meant that she ran around in the high society people. Because not everybody could wear purple. Not everybody could afford purple back in the day. So she was in different circles. And uh, when Paul met her, when he was speaking in Acts 16, verse 14 through 15... One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. So Lydia knew God. She knew who God was, but there was still something missing in her life. So the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul, and after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So I look at Lydia and I think of some of the the kids that come to our our place that they've heard of God, they know who God is, but they're not saved yet. They've not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior yet. So that's a job that we have to do with children is we take children that have a belief in God, but they've been making bad choices. They might come from a good family, but they're making bad choices. They don't know what it takes to live as a Christian. So we'll take those children in and help them become Christians. Uh, We also we read about the jailer in Acts chapter 16. Then he, the jailer, brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. And when I read about the jailer, I picture this mean, tough guy that's, he's a jailer, I mean, you know, when, when Paul and Silas were put into prison, they weren't just locked in a little cell. They were put, as my dad would say, under the jail. Not only were they locked up in a cell, but they were locked up, their feet and their hands were bound. And they weren't crying or weeping. They started singing songs of praise and worshiping God. And at that time, we know the story, the earthquake came, broke the jail to pieces, broke their, their bounds, and probably scared the jailer a lot. But uh, I look at the jailer, and we get a lot of kids that come to us from inner city places uh, we 've actually had some gang members come to us that are tough. they don 't want anybody telling them what to do. they have a chip on their shoulder they 're not going to listen to anybody. But once these particular kids that resemble this mean, rough and tough jailer, once they hear Christ and they see the power that he has over other children that are in the home that these ch- children get to live with, they realize very quickly that you know, they're really not so tough that they need to soften themselves and understand that Christ is the way. So we take a whole bunch of different children in. We have abuse, we have neglect, we have abandonment. We've taken in ch- children that have been homeless. You know, we see extreme poverty. We see lots of bad things. But through Christ, we have a hope and we have an example for which we can share with these children. And that hope and example is the foundation at the children's home. We want to give these children hope because these children come in broken, they're wounded, and they really have no hope. When children come to us, we have a placement process where we went backwards, sorry. Getting used to it. Oops, going the wrong way. Sorry about that. There we go. Now we're good. Okay, this is a picture of our school. As I mentioned, when children come to us, they're all wounded. They're all distressed. We have a, a program that assesses their areas of therapeutic need. Where are they suffering? And about half of our kids come to us with between 10 and 15 areas of therapeutic concern. One area of therapeutic concern, for example, would be stress, one would be depression, one would be thoughts of suicide. Okay, we're up to three. Okay, Half of our children come in between 10 and 15 areas of therapeutic concern. So they're wounded, they need to grow, and they need to persevere. So this morning I'd like to talk a little bit about what our programs do to help these children grow and when they find themselves in tough spots to help them persevere through those tough spots so that they can become well-adjusted and productive citizens in our community. I was adopted when I was two weeks old. I never met my biological parents. My mom, biological mom, put me up for adoption when I was a week old to the Arizona Children's Home in Tucson. My dad didn't want anything to do with me. But I thank God in heaven that I was adopted by two Christian parents, Scott and Rachel Williams, which are my parents. And I thank God above that they were members of the Church of Christ. They taught me everything about forgiveness and hope and love from a very little baby. I grew up in the church, so I was very fortunate for that. But I wonder what my life would have been like had I not been adopted by Christian parents. My mom used to read me this book when I was a kid, Some Children Don't. Has anybody ever read that book? Well, it's a story about... Children that don't have things that we have, you know, like food or clothing or shelter. And the only one I could identify within that book was I didn't have grandparents that lived nearby. So looking at my life, I was very happy that I was able to be brought up the way that I was. At Mountain States Children's Home, we see children doing without all the time. We have kids that come to us that have one pair of jeans or one pair of shoes. But when they get on campus, they get to go upstairs and pick out a new coat. They get to pick out a new pair of shoes, a new pair of jeans. You know, these kinds of things build children up. You know, when kids don't have a full meal, a full tummy when they go to school, or if they don't have a new pair of jeans or shoes when they go to school, it just beats them up. They don't feel confident. They don't feel like the other kids, so they're going to withdraw. It makes it really hard to learn when your stomach's growling. But uh, we all have struggles in our lives. You know, Galatians chapter 6 verse 5 for each, will have his, have to bear his own load. My dad reinterpreted this as everybody has their own soccer ro- sack of rocks to tote around with them. <laughs> I always liked the image of that because we all have our things. You know, we all have emotional problems. You know, we some of us may struggle with addiction or stress or worry or you know physical problems. You know, such as you know aging. You know, we all are aging. You know, the day I turned fifty, on my birthday, I felt a new pain in my back. I'm like, what's this aging all about? <laughs> But we are being restored from the inside through Christ. You know, some of us may have spiritual problems. We might be struggling with our faith. You know, we might have anger issues. Um, you know, just sin in general. You know, financial problems. You know, I was in California earlier this year, and I couldn't believe I had to pay four dollars for a can of tomato soup. You know, we, we all have struggles in this life. So, what do we do to persevere and grow through these struggles? The first thing we need is faith. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven: For we walk by faith not by sight. We must remember that the finish line is not always clear. We started a capital campaign four years ago at the children's home. The board of directors says we need to raise seven million dollars to do, you know, five different things. And they all looked at me. I'm like, okay, I have to have faith here. Um, You know, fundraising in general, you know, finding the right people. You know, God has his hand in that. God has his hand in that. He opens doors for us and he lets us intermixed with people that are going to help us do what we need to do. You know, our founders, we were founded in 1960 by five elders of the West Cedar Church of Christ, used to be in Denver. And these five men decided they needed a children's home right here in Colorado because they were tired of sending kids to Arkansas and Oklahoma and Texas. We need something right here. So they had faith to take second mortgages on their homes to purchase the 155-acre farm that we have just north of Denver. And we consider the faith of Abraham and, you know, the promise that his offspring would be heir of the world, that didn't come through the law, but it came through faith. You know, he was an older man. His wife was old, older and barren, and, you know, how is he going to have children? Well, with faith, all things are possible. The second thing we need to persevere is courage. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time was Rocky. He is my hero when I was seven years old, you know. Rocky had courage. You know, the night before the fight with Apollo Creed, this unbeatable champion of the world, the master of disaster, you know, the the king of sting, he wasn't going to beat Apollo, and he realized that, but he went anyway. He told Adrian the night before, he says, I can't beat him, but I can go the distance. And we as Christians, sometimes we see this overwhelming challenge in front of us that we don't think we can beat, but through Christ, we can go the distance. We have to have courage. When sharing Christ to an unbeliever, that takes courage. I have a nephew who's a devout atheist, and he sends me texts and just stuff just making fun of my belief, making fun of my faith and saying, you know, how can you be a Christian when, you know, A, B, C, D, and F, you know. Talking to him takes courage. You know, when somebody is an unbeliever, they're going to have a tendency to make fun of you, to make you challenge your own faith, your own belief. They're going to shake your faith, so to speak. But we have to have courage. You know, Peter and John show how to persevere in Acts chapter four, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that, he had been, that they had been with Jesus. So we have to be bold when we're challenged, even if we're uneducated, even if we're common. We're not, you know, a person that went to preaching school, which, you know, I never did. But, you know, we have to have courage. We have to be bold to do things to represent Christ in this life. We have to be bold when we're challenged. We also see the boldness of Peter and John in Acts 4. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts 13:46. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. And then finally in Acts 14, verse 3. So they remembered for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. We need courage to face the world on a daily basis. We need to be bold and know that we have a life through Christ that we can't keep under a bushel. We have to be the light for Christ, and that takes boldness. You know, even if we're not 100% sure of ourselves, we have to have courage. We have to go the distance. So what does Paul, Barnabas, Peter, John, what do they have in common? They're all fervent in spirit. And I like to think that our house parents especially, but staff and people that work with the children at Mountain State's Children's Home, we have to be fervent in spirit. We can't be shaken. We have to be bold. We have to be strong. We have to be that example for children to look up to. We have to show passion. Our feelings must run deep. We can't be fake. We have to be real. We have to be sincere. And that describes our house parents to a T. We're looking for a new set of house parents. If anybody's interested in that awesome responsibility, I'd love to talk to you after services today. This little kid right here fires me up. This little kid is bold. He has courage. You know, when we're not entirely confident with God, we can be passionate like this young man here. I don't know if you've ever seen him. I don't know his name, but watching him preach and bring the word, boy, that'll inspire people. So, with our boldness, having real faith, we can find ways to tap into unbelievers. We can find ways to tap into those children that have that chip on their shoulder, that have that barrier that doesn't want any help. They know everything already, but we have to be bold. Now, the next thing, the third thing, is willpower. You know, willpower is defined as control exerted to do something or restrain impulses. Still, I haven't figured this thing out, but I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, willpower is something that that I struggled with when I was a kid. I just couldn't sit still. I couldn't not talk. I would get kicked out of Sunday school and brought down the aisle to my parents in adult services, and it was awful. You know, to have willpower. You know, we some of the the kids. You know, they they need willpower to stay awake in church. You know, like a. Uh, uh, Eutychus that fell into a deep sleep when Paul was preaching for hours and hours and fell three stories. You know, he didn't have much willpower to stay awake, but that's just one example. But, uh, you know, Paul shows that life in Christ is what matters rather than life on earth. When children are placed at Mountain State's children's home, they can achieve a greater self. They can achieve greater things than they ever thought possible before. And when things get tough, when they have willpower to persevere, they're going to find that they can be successful in anything they do. You know, Here's a picture of our kids. Uh, Rain is the girl in the Puma shirt. Uh, she's from Florida, and we do place children from all over the country. 60% of our kids come from Colorado, but the other 40% come from other places, like California. We had a little boy from New York City last year, and he was the coolest kid on campus. You're from New York City? Wow! You know, they, he was the kid's heroes, but... You know, to have willpower, to to overcome tough things, we need to take things step by step. We can't do it all in one day. You know, anybody know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. (laughs) We can't accomplish great things just in the snap of a finger. It takes time, it takes work, it takes perseverance, and we need to grow during this process. So, the children, when they come to us, they all get introduced in a life of Christ, and that doesn't happen overnight especially to these rough and tough kids that come in with a chip on their shoulder. It takes time. They need to learn how to trust us. But through Christ, all things are possible. They're all wounded. They all have some sort of trauma, which is why we operate with a trauma-centered therapeutic approach. We identify where these children are hurting, and then we design a specific psychological program for each child individual, because we want to take a bite out of that trauma, one bite at a time, and eventually... That child will know how to manage his or her trauma. And eventually our prayer is that that trauma will no longer affect that child's life. But all children come to us wounded. They all have similar problems. When a child gets placed at the children's home, the first thing we do is administer the multidimensional adolescent assessment scale. Let's call it MOSS for obvious reasons. MOSS is a survey that identifies where a child's hurting. That's where we get that statistic of 10 to 15 areas of therapeutic concern per child. After one to one and a half years, we give the MOS again, and 75 percent of our kids have between zero and four areas of therapeutic concern. There's still 25 percent that are still struggling with some issues, but a year to a year and a half is all that it takes for most children, and that's done one step at a time. You know, we have the uh, the example of parenting, you know, I have two, two girls. One is 13 and one is 18. I appreciate your prayers. But children, they're tough. You know, the days are long, but the years are short. We have to persevere with them. We have to grow with them. We have to stand our ground when we need to stand our ground. We need to have them in church. You know, these words of wisdom are helpful to keep in mind when dealing with a tough child is we have to stand our ground. We have to take things step by step. And that's how we reach the goals of getting these children either reunited with their families or if the family is going to be toxic forever, we can keep them through their 18th birthday and beyond in our transitional living program, which helps pay for their college or trade school after the age of 18. It's a four- to five-year program where even though they're adults, we can still work with them because we're able to get a a property just north of Longmont in Berthoud, which is a seven-unit old motel where children can transition to and still get the help they need, the financial help, the continued counseling, the life skills coach, continued insurance. In some cases, we get them a car, but the children get an opportunity to go to college or trade school or even work in the area and still get the support and love that Mountain State's Children's Home provides. And then finally, in order to continue to grow and persevere, we need self-respect. We need to love ourselves. We can't let our sins of the past prevent us from loving ourselves. We have to have self-respect and know that we can overcome great things through Christ. We can't get down on ourselves. We must share each other's burdens. We have to have a positive attitude to keep us happy. You know as Christians, we know that we have an eternal life with God in Christ. We will be in His immediate presence one day, and that keeps me happy. So we have to love ourselves. We have to have self-respect, and we can't get down on ourselves. As I mentioned before, you know, our children come to us with all kinds of problems, poverty, homelessness. You know the fastest-growing segment of our, pop, of our homeless population is families with children? About 60% of those families with children are single moms that are fleeing domestic violence. Fleeing abuse, that sort of thing. You know, when a mom is tired of getting beat up all the time, tired of seeing her child get hurt by the father figure, whatever that may look like, it comes a point in time where the mom will leave. They'll go find a place to stay, a, a relative, a friend to sleep on a couch. That's now a homeless family. That is rampant in our, in, our, uh, in our country today. You know, we see poverty. You know, not being able to, you know, have a pair of cleats will prevent you from participating in a sport, you know that's poverty you know all of our children are trauma, traumatized or wounded most of our kids have been abandoned by the father and by definition that is a modern day orphan a child who does not have parents or a father figure you know the definition of a widow is a woman who's been left or left bereft abandoned okay that's scriptural James 1:27 to look after the widow and orphan that's precisely what we're doing at mountain state's children's home but again, God offered, God can help others through us. You know His plan. You know, in, in, a lot of people wonder. You know, why does God allow bad things to happen in this world? You know, God. Bad things happen in this world. That the result of that is bringing us closer to God. We can look to God for relief. We trust that He is a God of of love, and that He will help us through anything that happens to us. And our faith in God will increase as a result of working with and seeing what he's doing at Mountain State Children's Home for these children. We want to say one thing about all the children that come to us, and that's described in Luke 2.52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. These are essentially the four pillars that help us serve these children. This is what God uses through us to help these children heal You know, first thing, we have wisdom. We have an on-site school. At our school, every child starts here. We identify where where they perform academically. And most kids are four to five grade levels behind. It's not uncommon to have a 12-year-old in the same reading class with a 16-year-old or the same with a math class. But we have a very unique setting in this classroom where kids get to improve their grade levels. Our average is four grade levels of academic achievement improvement per year we have a 100% graduation process. And that's because of the small class sizes. Last semester we had two boys in an algebra class with one teacher. It's a lot easier to learn crazy algebra when there's not a whole classroom full of kids with uh, negative peers, you know, influences, that sort of thing. So the, the school works. We also have a therapeutic fitness program. We ride bikes, we go hiking, we do fun things outdoors, we teach children the beauty of nature. This comes from God, that sort of thing we play uh, basketball pickleball uh, even life-size hungry hungry hippo where we put children on little sleds tied bungee cords around them and slide them across it's really safe kids falling all over the place it's great you got to see our playground equipment we're from the 19 founded 1960 we have the old metal merry-go-rounds you know get them going get children flying off across it's a wonderful time children love it let them be kids let them burn their legs on slides <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is our property in birthed Seven units where children, if they do stay with us through their 18th birthday, they can live here as adults and still get the benefits that we provide these children. Jesus also grew in stature. This is a physical growth. This is a physical development and achievement that children get to enjoy once they come to the children's home. They each get their own home to live in. We have boys' homes and girls' homes. And then we have a new home that we built uh, just a few years ago, which is number five. This is beautiful. We're going to build three more like this. And uh, this is cool because we don't take any more than six children per home, but each bedroom has its own bathroom. And this being a girl's home is wonderful because there's no fights in the morning. The house moms love it. Uh, this is a view from behind facing Long's Peak. And uh, that's number, the backside of number five. And number six is being constructed now. It's almost finished. And if you're interested... We need house parents for this home. And this, is, this will be your view. But uh, anyway, stature, we provide basic needs and all of the tangible things that children need. And then uh, the next thing, favor with God. Personally, I think this is our foundation. This is our most important component of our four pillars that help children recover and alleviate their areas of therapeutic concern. Because one area of therapeutic concern, in my opinion, is lack of spirituality, lack of knowing God. Could you imagine going through life without knowing God? You're lost. It's a scary place. But we want every child to, uh, to be baptized. That's our goal. We want them to learn who Christ is and that he came for us. He didn't come for perfect people. He came for broken people. He came for sinners. And that's why, why we're here today. We attend the Longmont Church of Christ. We have very awesome elders there. One of the elders there, Bill, is a retired FBI special agent. How cool is that? A little boy can walk up and say, you're a special agent? You mean I can be a special agent too? It's real. It's present. We have great examples. Another one of our elders is Paul. He's a real-life rocket scientist at Ball Aerospace. How cool is that? But children get to learn that they can do anything, and having them in church is the foundation of worship, and having God in the home is a foundation for spirituality. And this precisely is our foundation Uh, we are the only residential group care in the state of colorado that i know of that does not accept state or government funding and we're the only children's home in the state that will accept any child without an ability to pay if you don't have any money at all we'll still place your son or your daughter that's not going to stop us from giving christ to these children this will always be our foundation and then finally favor with man we are licensed residential group care program in the state of colorado again we don't accept funding but we are licensed. So we get random inspections from time to time because we have little critters called children that we look after for. We have to make sure that they're safe and they're fed and, and all of these things. But uh, We also have to answer and tell the state and people who are curious, you know, how do we measure success? What makes us successful? Well, again, there's the moss. That's how we identify uh, you know, traumatic events, therapeutic issues that children need to resolve. And uh, again, you know after 1 year to 1 year and a half these issues are resolved they can go back home we do this through christian counseling and uh, just a lot of love you know our therapeutic fitness program is something new but it's amazing when a child sets a goal to ride a 50 mile uh, to ride a bike for 50 miles and they build up to it they take one step at a time 2 weeks ago our therapeutic fitness program achieved that goal they all made a 50 mile bike ride which is incredible. You know. That gives these children confidence. It teaches these children they can accomplish anything if they set their minds to it. But um, anyway, here's the, uh, the chart of the therapeutic program. This is the green. That's the 10 to 16 areas of therapeutic need. Uh, the red is 5 to 9 areas. That's almost the other half. And then the 0 to 4 is 15% of the kids at the time of placement. And then after a year, this is what the pie chart looks like. So our program works. It works. And not only do we have favor with man by being able to show this to the state and to other people that we are successful, ultimately, we want every child to accept Christ and put him on for salvation. We call this the deeper level of care. As Christians, we have a job to do. We're called to serve. We're called to serve because we were first served. We're called to love because he first loved us. There's no other feeling than the knowledge that you helped a child go from darkness to light, that you helped a child go from being hungry to being full. And most importantly, there's no other feeling than seeing a child go from sin into salvation. And that's what we do at Mountain State's Children's Home. I would invite you to all focus on God this week. Find ways to serve. If it's through Mountain State's Children's Home, great. We have a table out here for many opportunities for you to get involved. If it's something else that you're passionate about, serve. Go out and do. Go volunteer. Find something you're passionate about. Get involved. Make a change. And do that for God's glory. There's a scripture out on the wall, which I think is wonderful. Ephesians 2.10. For we're all God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let's be mindful of this as we go through this week. And let's go now. And let's go be the church. Thank you.
0: So Walter has a table that's just right over here. If you'd like to talk to him, he'll be there at the table. Is there someone here who would say, I'm going to quit a job? I'm going to sell what I have, and I'm going to move to Longmont and be a house parent. That sounds like the call to discipleship. That's the heart of God. Walter, thank you so much for for opening that window for us. Let's let's pray for Walter and for the ministry there, and um, we'll close with a song. Father in heaven, we love you for so many reasons. But one of them is is your incredible love for children and for such precious children that we've heard about today that are part of this children's home. God, I pray for Walter. I thank you for him. There are so many things he could be doing, but this is the profession that he's chosen. I thank you for all of those house parents, for the administrators, for the counselors. Fill them with your spirit. Fill them with with the spirit of Christ, that when they speak to these children, that these children hear Jesus, when these they may they, these these workers there radiate Jesus, that these children will see Christ in those that work with them. We pray your blessings over this ministry that you will use it to, to carry out your heart of love and care for these children. May they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a God in heaven who is their Father who will never abandon them and who loves them forever. And may they be in a relationship with that Father. May you use the children home for that purpose. It's in Jesus' name we pray this prayer. And we also pray, Father, that you will speak to us. Call us. Let us hear the calling. Whether it be to, to go and work at Longmont or whether it be to go out and to find these children in our neighborhoods, in our communities. Let us be Christ in this way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the East Side Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.